Money FM 89.3, the best of the breakfast huddle. You're listening to the Trading Matters Podcast by OCBC Securities, a show where we discuss with an OCBC Securities expert on how the latest news will impact markets worldwide, including Singapore, the US, China, and Hong Kong. I'm Elliot Danker, and helping me out today is Ho Chan Kin, who is Markets Analyst at OCBC Securities. CK, thanks a lot for helping me out. Hi, Elliot. Yeah, it's good to be here. <laughs> We're going to start off with uh, a currency that's making waves, the USD, a strong USD wrecking havoc around the world. What do you do? Well, actually, Elliot, I mean, you are absolutely right when we look at the US dollar and how it's been performing for the entire of the year, especially for the past quarter that's just wrapped up. It's been very, very interesting because we've seen a strong outperformance of the US dollar against many of the major currencies. So take, for example, the euro or the pound or Japanese yen, or even against the Sing dollar, it has actually appreciated substantially over the past few months. So actually, if we take a look at how that has wrecked havoc across the financial markets, currency markets are a huge player in the financial market. And we can see some of the impact actually trickling down to even places like the stock market as well. So uh, we just take a look at how the U.S. Federal Reserve and how it had uh, hiked interest rates over the past few months and has projected itself to continue to hike that has actually caused a lot of the money fund flows to shift towards the U.S. dollar. And as a result of that, take, for example, the Japanese yen. It used to be traditionally seen as a safe haven asset, but its performance year-to-date, despite all the volatility that has happened in the market, is down about 25%. So this is a huge move in the financial market, and markets are now trying to realize what can we do in this period of time? How can we adjust to this strong U.S. dollar? Historically, there has been a precedent of how in the 1980s when the U.S. Fed similarly hiking interest rates and raising interest rates to combat inflation, there was eventually a currency intervention by some of the major economies, so by Japan and by uh, back then the German government as well. Uh, and so recently, we've again seen some of the intervention by the Bank of Japan, by Bank of England, even the PBOC uh, for the Chinese yuan as well. Uh, to try and stabilize markets a little bit. So we know what this means for the stock market. That pretty much explains it. But as a trader and an investor, what does that mean for me? Well, even if you're not into currency trading directly, the fact of our current markets and, and the way it is structured right now, there's a huge impact of US dollar on many, many different aspects of it. Whether you're talking about in terms of money fund flows directly or in terms of things like how it affects companies directly as a result of how competitive their exports and imports have to become. So the whole idea about the U.S. raising interest rates and how that affects things like inflation. For example, if you are a U.S. company, right now with a strong U.S. dollar, you might be able to import things for your production a little bit cheaper. But at the same time, your exports are seen globally as more expensive. So it affects individual companies on that level. And on a broader macro kind of level, then you're looking at things like monetary policy mm-hmm. and how things, even like commodities, things like oil, they're actually priced in U.S. dollars. So companies that have contracts for sales in U.S. dollars, they might tend to perform a little bit better. But companies that have sales around the world, your U.S. MNCs that have sales globally, they might feel the pinch of a stronger dollar when translating it 
back towards your US dollar. Yeah, yeah, I get that. You know, there's this phrase, uh, Tina, there are no alternatives. Not to sound like a trick question, CK, but uh, are there alternatives <laughs> to there are no alternatives? Well, I mean, there's talk in the market right now that actually this phrase, Tina, it used to be a very popular saying talking about the stock market and uh, the current market regime over the past few years. But there's now talk in the market that given the rising interest rates, actually there are now reasonable alternatives. This is a term, Tara, used by some of the strategies and markets out there. And that's actually talking about how, you know, when you look at when we were in a low interest rate regime, and that was over the past few years, even before the COVID pandemic hit, it seems like there were no alternatives to equities back then because mm. even when you look at things like your dividends for stocks, it's actually higher than your interest rates that were near zero back then. But right now, actually, with interest rates on the rise and actually hitting new highs, and in some cases, even multi-decade highs, there are now actually alternatives to equities as well. So within the equity markets or within the stock markets, we've seen how over the past few months there's a shift towards high cash or defensive names, uh, but even beyond equities, because equities are seen as more risky, we have actually seen news of, take for example, even in Singapore, how SSB or Singapore Saving Bonds, mm-hmm. they were actually heavily subscribed. Things like fixed deposits, you have hour-long weeks at mm-hmm. the bank because of higher deposit rates. Even your what is traditionally seen as a risk-free rate or the 10-year treasury yield, that is now higher than your S&P 500 dividend yeah. yield as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, We're going to get to the S&P 500 in a while, but I find myself describing the markets as generically saying it's volatile and there are near-term uncertainties. Uh, CK, what lies ahead for the markets? What are people paying attention to in terms of, say, upcoming key events that we should watch out for? Well, yeah, absolutely right. When it comes to how I would describe the market, over the past few months and actually expectations of what lies ahead, uh, volatility does seem to be a huge theme in the market. So take, for example, you know, how the market had to constantly shift its expectations and assumptions on something like the Russia and Ukraine war. So back then, uh, when Russia first invaded into Ukraine, uh, we thought, or the market thought, that uh, it would be over very quickly. It might be localized to just Europe, you know. But then subsequently, as a result of how long this conflict is being dragged out, market thought of how uh, it is something that is not just longer term, but could even influence global geopolitics when you bring players like China or India into the picture as well and how their relations with Russia are affected. So volatility, uncertainty, that does seem to be the name of the game at least over the past few months. And uh, moving forward into the fourth quarter of 2022, there are several key events that the market does seem to be focusing on. Uh, And right now in October, actually, the first big one would be the third quarter earnings. Mm -hmm. So U.S. third quarter earnings season, that's upon us right now. And a lot of the summer rally back in the second quarter, back in June, that was actually attributed to how earnings were holding up better than expected despite the high inflation. So the big question on our minds right now is actually, will that continue to be the case for the third quarter? Or are there going to be any revisions to earnings or any downgrades? And there are actually expectations that the earnings growth for this quarter will actually come down. But the question is, will the market get surprised by the actual results when they are released as well? Yeah. So there's one huge event, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, and, and on the back of that, could you explain how 
equities markets are then bracing themselves for all of these uncertainties. In particular, what should we be watching out for in terms of behaviour? Also, for equities markets, actually, when it comes to uncertainty, that does explain some of the big moves in the market. So okay. uh, take, for example, how the market came down very sharply when it had to reprice in inflation expectations that were coming in hotter than expected back in September. And subsequently, given the technical oversold conditions, actually how they rallied to the best two-day streak since March 2020. So a lot of volatility in the area. And with a lot of upcoming events, not just the third quarter earnings, but also we have the China National Congress where Xi Jinping is uh, expected to hold on to power for a third term. We have more U.S. Federal Reserve meetings, one in November as well. We have the upcoming U.S. midterm elections where there's uncertainty on U.S. policy because we're not sure who would take the House and who would be able to dictate policy or will there be a political gridlock if we are looking at uh, two parties in the Congress and possibly Republicans controlling Congress and Joe Biden, a Democrat, controlling the presidential White House. And will there be any great... So a lot of uncertainties in that area. And as a result of that, actually, we do see some influence on market behavior as well. So take, for example, the upcoming U.S. midterm election. Historically, it does actually show that there's more volatility in midterm election years. And so with that event coming up, a lot of investors and traders might actually, as a result of that, have their trading behavior influence. They might step aside from the market before the elections and when there's a bit more certainty, enter back into the market. So there's a lot of activity that's happening that traders, investors need to digest. And that's how they're actually bracing themselves. Mm. Uh, we have seen in terms of the VIX of volatility index yeah. so uh, increase over the past few months as volatility picks up in the U.S. and in the global markets as a result of this tightening monetary policy and the U.S. interest rate hikes by the Federal Reserve as well. Mm. Yeah. Hey, you talked about the technical being oversold, right? Um, is there a common consensus for a year-end price target? Well, when we look at how people on Wall Street are actually looking at the S&P 500 year-end price target, what we actually notice is not just in terms of the numbers, but also there's a big divergence in views. So okay. there are some strategists out there giving a price target of maybe about 4,800. Uh, others are giving it as low as 3,600 or 3,000. So huge divergence in views because there's a lot of uncertainty in the market and different uh, investors and strategists are actually bracing for different scenarios, whether we have continued inflation, whether or not we have an upcoming recession that will come in at the start of 2023 or end of 2023, and also how determined the U.S. Federal Reserve is in keeping rates elevated and continuing its hiking cycle as well. So in that sense, not really a consensus okay. across Wall Street because there's a divergence of views. But we do also see that uh, there are those on Wall Street that are taking advantage of certain short-term trends such as an oversold indicator, like, uh, for example, like what we mentioned, S&P 500 came down sharply and certain technical indicators like your RSI, our relative strength index, actually did enter into oversold territory. Mm. And then we saw a very, very sharp bounce as well. So it's pretty interesting to see how, even though we see the market in a general downtrend, but it's not a one-way street. Uh, there are many ups and downs across the entire period of time. 
Yeah. That might make this next question a little tricky, right? Because we're talking about scenarios and one that we're all watching out for is the S&P 500. We saw the summer rally and then it went down and then uh, one or two days going up again and then down. <laughs> Are we expecting it to get any lower? <laughs> well, that's always a tricky one. Yeah. Yeah, as of right now, when we look at the chart, it does seem to continue to be in a downtrend. But like what I mentioned, uh, there are a lot of fluctuations. Even within a downtrend, there are bear market rallies as well, right? Mm -hmm. So on one hand, you have that argument of, you know, it does look like it is still within a technical downtrend. But what looks cheap can always become cheaper, but that's also where certain opportunities might lie when it comes to trading some of these bounces as well. So there are those on Wall Street also that are looking at things like your valuations that have come down since the end of 2021 and they were at stretch levels previously. Now they have come down closer to their average. But something like valuation, something like how expensive a stock is relative to its earnings or the P-E ratio, there are always two factors that are in play. One is price, the other is earnings. So again, back to what we have upcoming, we have the U.S. third quarter earnings season so if there are any revisions to earnings, that will affect things like your valuation. Mm. So it's not just one side of the story about prices and how they have come down, but also whether or not they can continue to drop further. And so that is always a question that remains on the market's mind as well. Yeah. Mm. Well, thank you so much for your insights and giving us a broader picture to look at. I've been speaking with Ho Chan Kin, who is Markets Analyst for OCBC Securities. CK, thanks again for your time. Thanks, Elliot. This is the Trading Matters Podcast brought to you by OCBC Securities. For more latest markets insights, check out OCBC Securities on Spotify. Contents of this podcast are intended for general information only and should not be construed as a recommendation or solicitation to invest in any financial product. All investments are subjected to risk. Before investing, you should conduct your own self-assessment and seek independent financial advice. For the full disclaimer, visit iocbc.com slash tradingmatters. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.